You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm here with Stephen Vicky Orsillo. Hello, Luke Pollock. We are actually here for two podcasts in a row together. Yeah, even where we have two today? No, I mean like, oh, we're last consecutive. Week okay, we're actually yes. in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of but wait till next week. Yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, that would have been the solution to two today. Yeah. Well, I thought about that, but anyway, we'll do one on Friday next week. There we so. go. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our little planning session in the middle of the podcast, but why not? So (laughs) we put everything else in the middle of the podcast. We have marital counseling, marital fights, near marital breakups, everything else in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, we have all kinds of teaching Jerry to dance in the middle of the podcast. Jeremiah wants to learn how to dance. So So if we have any single ladies who want to teach him, just... uh, Changeorville.org, right? Yeah. Well, he said he, he, hey. said he wants Pam, who's going to be speak, who's spoken a couple of times. He's going to be speaking in a couple of weeks to teach him when she's here. So she's you put dancing into his repertoire, and he'll be irresistible. There'll be girls <laughs> beating down his door. That's a good-looking guy with That's a big right. old smile, That's right. loving Jesus. I mean, good grief. Good grief. He says that because Pam taught her a men, uh, Mennonite husband that she knows how to teach him. So that's his logic. Oh, good grief. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, let's uh, segue before we, we get we too di- lost. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we've, we gone, we've gone totally corny on yeah. that one. But uh, let's read. Uh, we'll turn to Luke. But just, just to give it a little bit of context of why I'm choosing this scripture is that with everything going on in the world in Israel and in Gaza and all of those things, there's a lot of talk about, you know, are we in, is this the end of the yes. world? Is Jesus coming back? Yes. And all of that. So I, I, I so. was well, I hope so. doing my own just personal Bible reading the other day and stumbled into these verses and thought, oh, this is, this might be a really good thing to talk about I, in the podcast. I think this would be a good time, though, to tell everybody that you never prompt us regarding what we're going to talk about. It's always a, a surprise, correct? Yes. You we hear the know. verse just before, we, just before we record. We, yeah. That's right. And in the scripture, actually, the heading is, be in readiness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this is Jesus talking about his, his, you know, when, he, when he returns. So let's uh, figure out how we are supposed to be ready. So okay. uh, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes truly i say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them whether he comes in the second watch or even the third and finds them so blessed are those slaves but be sure of this, if, he fi- if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Right. You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Oh. Uh, I think we should just keep going, because it, it gets, it keeps going. So Peter said, Lord, are you addressing this parable to us, or to everyone else as well? And the Lord said, who then is 
the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time. Blessed is that slave whom his master finds doing so when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, my master will be a long time in coming and begins to beat the slaves, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that slave will come on the day when he does not expect him and an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces <laughs> and assign him a place with the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready or act in accord with his will will receive many lashes. But the one who did not know it and committed deeds worthy of a flogging will receive but a few. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much, of him they will ask all the more. Oh, mama. Cut him in pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him over the, he definitely him. used descriptive words, doesn't yes. he? <laughs> and assigned yes. a place with the unbelievers. I mean, before I started reading Jesus years, you know, like years ago, and even the first time I came upon this, it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, let's stop for a second. Cut him in pieces. Mm. I mean, that sounds like a horror show. And they and people, a lot of people want to say Jesus is so soft and kind, and and he is, and but he's not namby pamby milk toast. He's not weak. Yeah. And some of the things when you when you absolutely take time to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John four times, and you come upon these things that you never these adjectives and these nouns and these verbs that you never assign to Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's talking to people, these are his words, about the end times, correct? Correct. And being ready. Wow. So I, I, I'm it, incredulous. Yeah, I mean, so my, my thought is, it, let's, let's just take that narrative that maybe we, we are heading into the head time, end huh. times, then these scriptures should be all more relevant for us today than any other Even time, more right? so. Even so what, more so. So what does this mean for us, Steve? It's, uh, it honestly, this is Luke 12 now. Yes, right. When you said Luke 12, yeah. I went, oh, oh man. No. This is like, so uh, it's one of his lengthy sermons with, with uh, absolutely direct Jesus. communication. Mm -hmm. We start in verse 35 right. of be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit, right? This could be the description of Christianity. Wow. Be ready with your lamp lit. You don't know when he's coming. And it goes on to really paint a picture of people should be excited that he's coming, Absolutely. not dreading that he's coming. Wow. Then the really wording good. he uses makes it, oh, no, he's coming. Mm -hmm. But not if you're dressed in readiness and your lamp is lit. Wow. The only reason you would be afraid that Jesus was coming would be that you weren't ready and lit, you know, with your lamp lit, your oil right. filled, your, your branch bearing fruit, your foundation on the rock. And what it says prior to 35 in chapter 12, it says where your heart, your heart is where your treasure is. Mm -hmm. And everybody wonders, is my treasure? You know, we got these savings accounts and we got these equities and houses and properties and 401ks and things that take care of us and huge savings accounts. What is, what is it? What is your treasure? And I, I think what is so clearly spelled out by Luke, Matthew's trying to tell you he's the, this, he's the Messiah. Luke is really 
remembering and, and in his compilation from the apostles and disciples, writing what Jesus said, right? And mm-hmm. he's so into, you need to be in love with Jesus. Wow. Jesus must be your treasure. It isn't, is all of my money in heavenly things. It's, is my treasure a heavenly thing? So good. Am I ready because I love Jesus and his coming is not a dreadful thing. Wow. The torturers, the, the punishments of the goats, the, all of the different parables of the servant that's not ready, the one that says, well, the one he describes here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dreadful. It's dreadful to not know if you're one of those or not. Hmm. And all of the different examples he gives of sheep and goats and branches and foundations and, and workers in the harvest and sons and, and slaves and hirelings clear. and sons and all the different two, two example things he gives where you're either this or you're that. Mm-hmm. Here it's dressed in readiness, keep your lamps lit right after your, if your treasure is in heaven or your treasures here. And you're going to know this by where your heart is. Good. If your heart is in love in Jesus, then your treasure's in heaven. If the value of this world is not that you have money for tomorrow, you know, I remember Vicky and I were in a pool one day and a guy calls, I owed him $15,000. And I said, Oh, he, that was him. He said, he's dri- actually driving to Oroville right now to get that check. Hmm. She says, do you have it? I said, no. Hmm. She said, you have any of it? No. <laughs> Are you worried? I said, no. My treasure's in heaven. And, and our treasure's in heaven, you know? And um, I said, I'm kind of excited to see how he handles this. The Lord handles this. The Lord knew he was coming to get a check, and I just didn't know. Well, here, you know, it took him about an hour to get there. And what's funny, it, it is so funny that miraculous. that check was covered by the time he got there. Yeah, it was miraculous. And I don't want to tell that whole story, but no. if your treasure's in heaven. It's good. You are excited. It's life is exciting, yeah. and and That's so good. and joy is not even hard to find in bad circumstances because Jesus is coming to get me. Mm-hmm. The world is out. You know, like like the the, the disciples that were in the Colosseum in Rome when Nero went crazy and made them the enemy and wanted to kill them all. He didn't want to just kill him. He wanted to do it in horrible ways. Wow. But they knew my my Lord's coming. You know, that this these wild animals, these fires, these, you know, all of these different ways of killing man. Yeah, that's not going to be fun, but Jesus is coming to get me. My love is coming. I remember a T.D. Jake sermon where he said he was quoting the Song of Solomon where my lover is. Have you seen my lover? He's coming. He's coming on the hills. His footsteps. I can hear his footsteps. I can I can sense his coming. Have you seen the lover of my soul? Have you seen him? He's coming to get me. And it's really exciting sermon that he, many years ago, T.D. Jakes, I just happened to see it. It's, have you seen him? He's coming to get me. And that's what this is describing, the person who has fallen in love with Jesus. And I don't hear too many people talking about loving Jesus. I, th- I hear them talking about making him their Lord. And okay, if that's your vernacular for loving him, that's okay. But I think we as people really need to uh, focus on, do I love Jesus? Do I really love him? In that throne message I do, or the, the, the order of the throne, mm-hmm. he has to be the, the tip of the spear. He has to be your greatest love. In fact, he says, if you don't love me more than mother, father, brother, sister, sons, and daughters, you can't even be my disciple. So first and foremost, his disciples, by definition, put him there yeah. and love him most. And so if you love him most, 
you're dressed in readiness and your lamps are lit and you're waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast so that you may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. You're excited. You hear his footsteps. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would say, wait till your dad gets home. Well, I wasn't too excited for my dad to come home because that meant I was in trouble. But I would hear his truck way up the road and I'd know he's coming. You know, and I think if you're excited, I remember when, well, is actually the trip where I met Vicky. You know, we were waiting for my cousins to come and there was no cell phones. You couldn't know when, but you figured they drove from Las Vegas. It's going to take this long. And so they're due. And so you're kind of eagerly waiting, looking out the window at every noise. And they pulled in the driveway and I ran out in the driveway and I can tell you exactly where I was standing when this girl got out of their car that I didn't know. It was Vicky. And uh, she's with my cousins getting out of the car. And I can tell you right where she was standing when I first saw her because I was eagerly waiting my cousins and my uncle to get to this wedding. And, and that's just it's kind of the picture I see. A friend just showed me a picture of my house the other day. He drove in our neighborhood. He don't live there anymore anyway, either. He's in Salt Lake City. And he went into our old neighborhood and he took a picture of my house and said, look at this. And I, all I could look at is where I first saw Vicky. Yeah. I mean, it's very important because I'm madly in love with Vicky. And yet Jesus is on the throne. And so I'm eagerly waiting for his coming. I sometimes wonder, in my youth, I looked at the clouds all the time. Are you coming? Are you coming? Now, as an old man, it's more like I have indigestion. And I'm like, are you coming? Is this it? (laughs) Is this the big one? You know, like I I have heartburn or something, you know, or chest pain from gas. And it's like, are you coming? Are you coming? And it's this eagerly waiting for the coming of the Lord. And it's. And so that's his return or death, right? But what about, I'm in trouble. I owe someone $15,000 and I don't have it. And he's driving here to get it and he expects it. Well, I'm eagerly waiting for the coming of the Lord into that situation. Wow, that's good. Because I put him on my throne. And, And we've been betrayed so much lately. I mean, we have evidence that we've been duped. And my least likely thing in the world I hate the most is being duped. You fooled me for eight years. And it's like, wow. You never were what you said you were. And I didn't know it. I, I guessed it a few times, but I didn't know it for sure. And I and, and it's like it's the most horrible thing there is, but I'm but I'm but I know Jesus. I'm waiting for Jesus. And if you're not, then you're not gonna get the reward I have I'm gonna get. You're not gonna you're not gonna receive the master. It's not gonna be a joyful day when he comes. Right. And for me, it's going to be a joyful thing. And it is a joyful thing. When we're worshiping last night and Jamie was leading worship and it was so powerful and the room was so, I was like the room was ready to lift in the air. It's like the king is here. Behold the Lamb of God. I'm eagerly waiting and I recognize his coming and here he is. And what I felt was inside of me. This, so his presence increases, and I felt it increase inside of me, which is what I've always wanted, to, to worship with him in me and not be worshiping out there for someone out there, right? And so like eagerly waiting, this increased awareness of his presence. Yes, I want more. You know, it's like when my dad's in a crowd and all of a sudden he focuses on me. Well, as a bad kid, I would do things bad to get him to focus on me because I wanted his attention. But as a good kid and a soft kid, he would focus on me just because he loves me. Mm-hmm. Now, that was way better. You know, hey, That's don't it. you want you know want some cotton candy or you want some popcorn? Here's a dollar or whatever it was in those days. Way less than a dollar, huh? Here's a couple cents. quarters. <laughs> you know, make those two quarters last all day, you know. Yeah. We could. 
And it, it you know, we it's all we expected. But it's that kind of when he loves you, just uh, his attention is turned towards you. His eye is cast upon you. His he his gaze goes to and fro Good. across the face of the earth, looking for you, and he finds you. And it's just such a great and wonderful experience. And I think that's what these verses that's are really about. So it's good. telling people where your heart is. That's where your treasure is. And it isn't where you placed your money. It's where you who you consider to be the money. Mm. He's the money. I don't need to keep money. And then when I look at his will and his desire for our life is to take care of the poor. He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. He will repay. I don't have to worry about that. I want to please him. His question, did you take care of the least of these? I did, Lord. I did, Lord. And he's pleased. That's what I want. I don't... I do want to take care of the least of these. That's not my number one mission. My number one mission is for him to be pleased with what I have done. He's pleased with me enough to die for me, but I want him to be pleased with what I've done. Like any kid, look, Daddy, I drew a picture in the third grade. You know, it's the dumbest looking picture ever, but we, we put it on the refrigerator, you know. Celebrate yeah. and, it. And we are really happy with that picture. It makes our kid wonderfully happy. It makes us happy. And that's, kind of, you know, a little bit just a a slight bit of how we look at him and we want to look at him as I am eagerly awaiting your presence every day of my life. Good morning, Jesus. And I lay down at night and I say, Jesus, here I am this day, another day with you, Mm. my treasure. That's really good. So that, so that verse 35 says, be, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. And then he goes on to say, be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast um, so they may immediately open the door for him when he comes and knocks. What does like in in will be general in Western church culture today? Do you think that we live that readiness as a general principle, or do you think we're kind of I think asleep we're, at I the, think we're really asleep at the wheel for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been actually what Steve was talking. I thought that was a great spin, yeah. and I think it's truth. It's like. You don't have to worry about that if, if you know, you're right. on the side of the line, right? And you're excited or you're eagerly waiting yeah. for it, you, you know. But I don't I don't think we talk about I just when we first were saved, we like you said, we talk about the about him coming back mm-hmm. and being ready. And I just think the narrative has changed the because it's more of a bless me club, not he's coming back to judge yeah. you know, the and so I would say that the church in, in North America or Western world is not ready. Mm-hmm. I think they, I don't, I don't, and I'm speaking about myself too. I just recently have been, Steve and I in the last few months of saying, you know, do you remember when we used to talk about that all the time? And he could, it could be today. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it could be today. And that when the um, analogy Steve gave is, you know, when, when someone comes that you're waiting for, you're just, you're always looking at the driveway. Yeah. You're always looking at the driveway. And they talk about looking in the clouds when Jesus is coming back. And I think we've lost that excitement of his imminent return. Because yeah. When you, I was talking to the ladies yesterday at the Bible study, and we talked about this. It's like, you know, Israel became a nation of 48, correct? And he said this generation won't pass. Well, uh, one of our friends, Mikey, is actually born in 48, and she's 75 years old. So they're getting up there, that generation. And I, I don't know. It's funny that we're talking about this because in my spirit, I'm getting excited again of the possibility of him returning mm. I want to talk about it. I want to be excited. I want to. I want to be on bated breath that today could be the day that he's coming back. I want to make sure that I find him as someone who opens a door to him, yeah. and not this other one that's going to be cut in pieces or the or the 
or the or the the virgins who are not ready or the the goats or the all the things the 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 the, the um, branch that's not that's cut off and thrown in the fire that was once connected and now isn't in my life and my spirit I want to be the one looking at the clouds and saying maybe today that looks like he could be coming and and I think we've lost that I know yeah. I, you and I have lost that you know when we first were married. We talked about it all the time. It's a cloudy day. It's a cloudy day. He might be coming back. Yeah. And I, Are we I ready? want that excitement. So the first love, I think that's first love, don't yeah. you? Being ready? Yeah. I think that's first love. Are you in love with, are we more in love with this life or him? him and know? the truth is, is yeah. sometimes I'm in love with this life. I mean, and I'm, or I'm maybe love with this life might be a little, a little strong, but it's like I'm concerned about yeah. this life yeah. and I'm concerned about the state of the world and I'm, stressed about the, this life and I'm stressed about the family I'm stressed about and it's like that's wrong are you are you are you in love with the, him coming back and I think that I think actually as I'm sitting here thinking I think that would make you have your first love again yeah. thinking that he's coming back today I, like, I think I'd live differently yeah. that picture you gave Steve actually of waiting for the, your cousins to arrive yeah. like you mentioned oh there's no cell phones so they just mm-hmm. you know you knew they were coming and they came when you kind of guessed the best you could but they came yeah. when they came right yeah. you just stay home you right. don't go anywhere you know yeah. you don't leave because they're about right here you don't want to be gone when they get here yeah. it's almost now as if with you know cell phones and with gps and with text messaging and all those things where nothing's unpredictable it feels like maybe with jesus like oh he'll, he'll tell me when he's gonna arrive he's gonna text me yeah. well i'll have enough time to prepare yeah right yeah, that's good mm-hmm. And we see from that story, right, in uh, Matthew 25 with the ten virgins with their oil, which is similar to this. It's truly deceptive. This is probably referring to that same kind of moment, right, that they – there wasn't time for the five that didn't have oil to suddenly get oil when you arrived. Well, how many of his parables did he say they didn't know when the master was coming right. back Correct. and he came back and found this one not working yep. and that one working? Yeah. Right. And blessed will be the one that's found working when he gets back, yep. you know. There's so many of these stories, and there's just this uh, – Deception. You know, the question is, do you think we're doing this in the church today? And I think we're woefully not. We're, we've come up with these different messages that take away from this. Correct. That God is not mad at you. He, lo- you know, there's nothing you can do to please Him or displease or Him. Or lose your salvation. Or lose your salvation. And it's just, it's all based on misunderstood principles of what Jesus is teaching. He's teaching that we have a Father in heaven mm-hmm. and that we believe in Him as a Father in heaven. And if we do believe him as a father in heaven, we can then to begin believing that we are sons. And sons can ask the father for anything and expect a reasonable return on those asking. You're going to get what you asked for. If it's at all possible, you can have it. And no father would give his son something that was bad for him. Like, Dad, can I drive the car? You're only six years old. No, you can't drive the car. But if you can, yes. You know, you're trained. You're of age. You've, you've been responsible, of course you can drive the car. And it's, it's you know, the, you can grow to be this person that has a father in heaven. But the most important one is that you love him with all that you have, receive his love as an empty vessel, just being filled with his love. And last but not least, the command of Christ, that you love others. The number one critique or litmus test of are you somebody that should be excited he's coming back is do you love others as he has loved you? Do you continue to put yourself in a position to be betrayed, even if you've been betrayed? Do you continue to put yourself in a position to be ripped off, even when you've been ripped off? Do you go after the low lowlifes and do you go after the, the people who have nothing to give you back but even would be on the 
on the high end of of risk on the high end of risk about taking from you not appreciating what you gave, taking all that you give and squandering it, taking their inheritance from you and squandering it, running off and continue to do it. Are you one of those people that love as you have been loved? I, for for myself, I, I was shown the truth at a very young age and I squandered it and he, he still loved me. So then therefore that's how I've been loved. Mm -hmm. So what is required of me that I love in that way? And so I think this is what the New Testament is about, and I don't think this is what the messages are about. I don't think what I'm listening to, and now that we've got 5 million channels on our TV, we've got 5 million different resources on our phone, carry it with us all day long. We have the ability to pop into 50 different uh, churches in one day just to hear the subject. I don't think we're hearing that. I don't think the Christian church is hearing that. And I think that be ready... Wow. And what ready is, is excited because the lover of your soul is coming. Come on. Not excited that you're right, they're wrong. Not excited you get to go to heaven, they have to go to hell. Mm-hmm. No, I, none of that even crosses my mind. It's, I fell in love with Jesus. And at every encounter with him, when the spirit rises in a church, when I just stop and close my eyes and feel his presence, I just love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I love feeling him, hearing him, seeing him, touching him. The fact that he touches me, the fact that I get to know anything close to truth, just when you read that scripture and I knew what it meant, Hmm. I am in love with that. That's just like, why me, Lord? Why? I mean, I do. You have to read it to know it. And he says, don't worry. He'll bring it to remembrance. Hmm. Well, you said 12. I was like, I I recognize 12 as a heavy, heavy hitter. And then we went to 35 and it's like, oh yeah, I know this. He brought it to remembrance. That's right. Because... I love him. Yeah. I'm the faithful child. You know, you go out and have 12 children. There'll be some that are a little bit distant. They will avoid you. Others that will be in your grill all the time. You wish they weren't quite so much. <laughs> but <clears throat> the ones that are delighted to see you come home from work, a hard day's work, get out of the car, and the pitter-patter little feet are running to the door. Daddy's home. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that gives you, those kids got favor. Can we have ice cream for dessert? <laughs> you know what? I'll ask your mother. But as far as I'm concerned, you can have ice cream all night you can have ice cream for dinner after you did that you know running and jumping in my arms it really is a father's response to being loved and that's what jesus says here right as he says the um the one that greets him yeah uh, blessed those who who blessed are those slaves whom the master will find and alert when he comes truly i say to you he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them yeah it's so cool and you'll put him in charge of all his possessions that's right and we would, you know, yeah. we, we, we understand that. Yeah. And here, I think, when I'm being real, I haven't been nearly as faithful as other people think I have been. But I'm hoping, you know, I, with all my heart, want to be faithful. Yeah. And I believe he thinks I'm faithful because he keeps giving me charge over more. Mm-hmm. What The one parable that says if you're faithful over a lot, you get more. Yeah. I think to a person that doesn't want to work for Jesus, that's like, what, 10 cities? Now I got 20? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. It's no, no, you trust me? Really? You, th- you must think I can do it. Mm. You must think highly of me to give me 20 cities or 20 talents or whatever this parable is. It's like, I'm like, yeah, I'll take whatever you got. Mm-hmm. It, whatever you think I'm ready for, if you think I need to be poor because that's what it takes for me to remain 
seeking to have a father in heaven and seeking to be a son and seeking to keep my love for you as the as a as the throne of my life then i'll take poor hmm. if unhealthy like pain in my body if that's what i need that's what i need but if you think that i'm worthy you know to, to, to have charge over things and and be free to do things and you think you want to give me all this and you want to give me these people you want to give me this resource you want to give me this money you want to give me these things to take care of i want to be faithful i want to be the faithful steward that is excited when the master comes i can't wait for him to see what i've been doing with what his stuff how i have served him with his possessions with his monetary provision with his people with this precious people, because the thing he likes the most is his people. And if I'm treating them right and telling them the truth and warning them correctly and encouraging them correctly to love him more, then he I, I'm going to be real excited he's coming. If I've been dropping the ball and failing at it, then when I hear the tires on the road, I'm like, oh, wait till your father gets home. It's going to be one of those because he's going to whip me with his belt. Yeah. But that isn't that's this is. No, I hear Jesus coming. Run to the door. Run to the mailbox. Run up the street to greet him and then run, follow him all the way to the driveway behind him. You know, just excited running to the, to yeah. the, to the finish line. You know, listen, I can't wait to see you. That's really good. Um, this verse, uh, let's, where is it at? Let's go to verse uh, 46. I think we have to talk about these ones. Um, Master of that slave. Yeah. We'll cut. So this is saying, uh, I'll, actually, I'll go to 45 because it makes more sense that way. But if the slave says in his heart, my master will be a long time coming and begins to beat the slaves, both men and women, and to eat and get drunk, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces, assigning him a place for the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready or act in accord with his will will receive many lashes. But the one who did not know it and commits deeds worthy of a flogging will receive but a few. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much of him, they will ask all the more. What What is, uh, from my get, get, he's kind of like there's layers of responsibility based on what you've received from God, which is kind of what you were talking about with the mm -hmm. talents and the cities. But what what like what is our responsibility then if we've received whether we've received you know two talents or is it one five three whatever the numbers are anyway no matter how many talents we've believed received even what is our responsibility to do of those things you know something you can you can okay yeah. so there's you could you could fill train loads of people that would say that i'm that master beating the slaves and treated mistreating them hmm. and that's because of a total misunderstanding of what love is and um, Can you elaborate they, on that? They, yeah. they would call discipline or you can't be in leadership if you can't show up to church or you can't be in leadership if you can't if be moral. obedient mm -hmm. and not and avoid sexual immorality mm -hmm. or willful sinning or those you can't you can't have these responsibilities. Okay. You know, there's a management of the organization yeah. and they have objected to that. Mm -hmm and taken it offensively and ran off to say that I'm terrible. Mm. But that's because they don't understand that's exactly what God does with us, mm. and that is the love of God. The Bible says God is love, and this is how he chastises those he loves, and he disciplines those he loves. And so uh, it's easy to say that that's not love and determine that it's, the line is somewhere way over there. Yeah. 
And then, but what this is saying is that the person who acts in love acts is committed and acts responsibly in all of his deeds and his responses to what God has given him. And it's exactly what I just said, where you trust me with this, 10 cities, and then you say, because I've been faithful at 10, you're going to give me 10 more? I thought I was stretched pretty thin at 10. Hmm. It might be mean to give me 10 more, but then that'd be me judging him and not understanding love. He's expanding me, stretching me, lifting me, making me, putting me in a position to earn more reward, more, more knowledge of him. To him who has, more will be given. So if I have the wisdom to do 10 cities, if I have the energy to do 10 cities and he gives me 10 more, he's also going to give me the wisdom and energy to, to manage 10 right. more. I should be looking at that with great joy, not as... You know, you work us to death. All you want us to do is work. All you want us to do is take care of your cities, you know, and you, you, you want everything, you give nothing. You know, it, it, we could turn it either way. And the person who turns it negative, the train load of people that would say, you're the, you're the slave beating the, mm. you're the slave beating the slaves, or you're the servant beating the slaves. They're, that's because they don't understand what love is. Love is expanding someone, challenging yeah. somebody, moving the bar. A person reaches the bar and you move it. That's love. That's not hate. Right. That's not anger. That's not punishment. You move the bar, so they got to work harder to reach the bar. And it's 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 so clearly in here mm -hmm. that you know, short of flogging and you know those kinds of things and just beating for no reason, these these disciplines are love. This is what love looks like. This is how love is lived out. I'm trying to help you become a better you by showing you what God is saying. And I'm not going to, I'm not able being his agent to make somebody a leader who won't follow these standards. Pastors who cheat, pastors who molest, all the different things that are such a nightmare in the Christian church yeah. when they occur, you know, uh, they'll throw spiritual abuse at everybody. So, no leadership ever occurs wow. but leadership is what this is describing yeah the good leader practices leadership the bad leader practices uh narcissism mm. it's all about them instead of all about jesus you can see the difference in the love of jesus you yeah. can see that they do their life for the love of jesus they're trying to help you be better so you'll know him better mm. so you'll learn to love him better they're calling you further up and farther in yeah. It's called stretching. It's called expanding. It's called teaching, leading. But in the end, the reward comes from him. The service is to him. I remember someone got mad at me for not saying thank you one time. And I said, I I'm sorry you didn't think I said thank you. But I thought we were both out here working together to serve the Lord. So the one who you should be looking to for thanks is the Lord. If you're demanding thanks, it should be from him. Why do you need thanks from me working alongside of you? We're both in this to serve him, to love him. But let me thank you. Thank you. You made the light loader on light. You made the load lighter. The load lighter for me by helping me. And we accomplished something really good today. And let's just thank the Lord for letting us work for him. Instead of expecting a thank you from anybody or even him, he's already paid a price for us. He's already paid the sentence. He's already served our sentence. And I think we should say, thank you, Lord, for letting us carry this load. Work for you. 
but you think someone owes you a thanks. And you know that they're working for the wrong reason. They're working for the wrong reward. I'm taking care of 10 cities because I love him and want his cities to be good for him. And I can't imagine he let me take care of 10 cities. And so when he gives me 10 more, it's just, wow, you must think highly of me. When he gave us Mark, the pastor called me, and I was in devastation. Mark is my son with Down syndrome. And he was born, and I was I was had the whole macho, selfish crap going on where I could not get my head out of it. This had been done to me. How could you, Lord? How could you let this? How could you do this to me? My Faithful. firstborn son has Down syndrome. And my pastor called me. He says, wow, Steve, God must think really highly of you. And I was like, well, I don't feel very congratulatory. I don't feel like I've been given a blessing. And he said, oh, no, this is a really amazing gift. You and your, your, your children and you will be so blessed by this. He's given you a very special treat. Well, our son's 40 now, and he's hilarious, and, and he's, a spe- he's an irritating special treat. But those irritations, they, you know, he's, he's an acquired taste, but we are well acquired in that taste. He's 40, and he lives with us still, and, and we love having him. And it, it, my pastor was correct. He was not a curse to me. He was not a punishment to me. God thought me and Vicky to be somebody worthy of such a responsibility as raising this child. And he has touched people everywhere he's gone. <laughs> he has touched people who will be touched by him. Yeah. Anyone who sees him as an irritant, they just missed the gift that was given to them as I was missing it when my pastor told me. That's good. And, um, it's just this is the way Christianity is to me and that's what I believe these verses we just read meant that it's just like this how you see it and it's so easy and in Christianity I mean it's good grief I know of pastors that were fired recently because of complaints of abuse and in I'm pretty sure those there there weren't that word shouldn't have been used in the complaints because they're just not that kind of people but if people are are Physically abusive, they should be fired. Well, physically, yes. yes. If, abu- yes. if abuse is yes. yeah, we have use of it. We have yeah. use of the yeah. word now because yeah. we want to stop Correct. good leadership. Yeah. We don't want anybody to tell us tell what us to what do. To do. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. this here is not supporting that idea. That's right. So Jesus is looking for men and women that he can entrust his, you know, people to or things to, and he's he when we become that faithful steward, then improve that then he gives us more and i think we i think there's an expectation today of my faithfulness will bring me a reward and that we think of that reward as maybe as rest or as money or as you know like a you know and the but the reward is more, more trust and more respons- and you know and that's yeah. and that is a beautiful thing in of itself if we have the right perspective it's an upside down kingdom isn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah people are always wanting to be called pastor yeah uh-huh. and like what are you a pastor of and they have nothing and they they maybe were at one time or they're really looking to, I'm a pastor. A what are you a pastor of? Hmm. And it's a title. And I'm like, you know, to me, wow. I would not want to be, I want him to decide who should be pastors. Yeah. And if he picks me, it should be this incredible reward. Privilege. But I should never, privilege. And I should never forget what he said. If you want to be a leader in the kingdom of heaven, you have to become the servant of all. Well, I'm not, I, I'm not always that's not always my first thought be the servant of all but the fact that i'm a pastor it is now my first thought this is my calling to be the servant of all too and to who much is given yeah and then he gives me some and then he gives me more and then he gives me more and then he calls me to do more and it's like 
You know, I could say, why me? But instead I say, thank you, Lord. You, you chose me. You, you consider me worthy. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Right. Well, Lord, thank you for choosing each yes. one of us and giving us a place give in your house, Lord. Lord. Give us hearts that be will be ready with our lamps lit to mm-hmm. serve you. And we're just, uh, we pray for all the things going on in the world today that your kingdom will come and your will be done. And I just think if you're listening, man, start being ready. Prepare yourself for this yeah. coming today. Yeah. Live today like it's the last day you ever have because it could be. And it's like, live that way, and uh, uh, have a great week. Yeah, so catch you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate or review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.